Network Radio. This week's show is a journey into consciousness, working through the wonderful trance mediumship of Mick and Sylvie Avery, with wisdom brought through by spirit guide Gregory Hay. To find out more about their work, you can visit www.spirit-teaching.com. Very warm welcome to another Journeys into Consciousness, Gregory and the White Cloud Group. It's uh, an honour to have you back on again. Thank you so very much for allowing us to uh, share your time with you. Oh, thank you. It's um, most pleasurable. And um, just uh, going to sort of move the um, theme around tonight. Normally, I sort of ask you a Gulf of Mexico update. I may do that at the end of the show. Um, a few people have sent in some questions. So we're going to yes. go through those first just to make sure that we cover those off. And, then, and then we'll move on to some other questions that I've put together. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Right, the first question um, is, um, this is from a listener. that says, thank you all for the program. Love listening very much. I'm a healer practitioner. When will things get better, Gregory? Everyone I talk to seem to be in turmoil and things happening to them like shootings, stabbings, and the news is full of horror, really, I guess, and um, I just want to know when things are likely to get better. Yes, my dear Finn. I cannot put a date on it. I cannot say that by uh, this particular time everything will be, uh, as you say, completely fixed and beautiful. My point really in this respect and in every respect is that if you as a being take in to yourself the horrors that you see, in particular you have to understand that at the time at which you live now, you invest a great deal of your day or your waking consciousness into understanding what else ails the world upon which you live. This means to say that you have to remember the energy released from such givings, from such situations that you view and take into yourself. Because of the fact that you are a healer, a naturopath, an empathic person, meaning that your consciousness has become aligned with your beautiful pure spirit, because that is why you have the sensitivity that is why you have the empathy to be able to communicate and enable those on our side of life to communicate through you within the aspect of healing. And that is healing with any way, with any vocation you care to mention. So that is like healing with words, healing with sound, healing with all manner of different calibrations that are fitted and created by those on our side of life to best suit for purpose your own specific energy and as it changes so they have to keep changing. Hope you understand this friend. So it means to say that in a sense as you grow and then different things, different events happen to you in your physical life, the association becomes what drives your energy. So that means to say that if you look upon the world as a suffering machine, then that is what you take on to yourself. 
other people's experiences are there in a sense for you to witness but are not the essential reason necessarily for your journey. And indeed, does not mean to say that you grow for the need of it to be expressed to you. It means to say that your only simple alignment is to do with your physical consciousness and your beautiful pure spirit. There is nothing simpler, yet it appears to be that in the macabre state of physical life, that we see many souls who are injurious to themselves, simply because they take it in. They, so in all of this situation that I am saying and talking about is that in times gone by, there had never been a time of mass communication that you have now. So therefore, it means to say the best things that you would have seen and the worst of it that you would have seen would have been to do with your village or your town or the city in which you lived. So that would have been either the entertainment or the macabre situations that were driven by hatred and various other forms of extreme negativity. Those would be the times then at which you would become aligned to them, uh, enlivened by them perhaps, or taking a voyeuristic of approach of what you see and feeling that that isn't actually you, but that in somehow you are gaining from that experience. That's because it's actual physical. So you cannot help but do that. It's like you watching or, or being witness to a motor vehicle accident or some such thing as that. You cannot help but look. And that is not human beings being voyeuristic in a, in a way that is in somehow demented or in somehow uh, uh, creating energy that is of a spurious or, or odd nature. It's actually part of the journey. It's in a sense you bear witness to it. Where I'm coming to with this, dear friend, is that within your time now at this present, you are witnessing a great many changes in thousands upon thousands of people's lives. You witness the execution of one person, the stoning to death of another. And oftentimes, all of it is recorded for you to see. A person shooting himself, blowing his own head off. A person who, who, who uh, runs out in front of a train or some such other traumatic and erstwhile extremely um, frightening experience becomes something of your everyday norm. So this means to say, friend, oftentimes we see beings in physical life going through absolute physical trauma of it, even though it didn't actually happen to them. Being a healer means that you are ostensibly very sensitive. And any kind of mediumistic skill means that you have a certain degree of sensitivity. Doesn't make you necessarily a nice person, but it does create a degree of sensitivity. So it means to say that how you then react to that can become something of a joy or something of a, an intensity that you try to grasp as much as you can from it. What you have to remember, however, is this, thought is a living thing, 
and always will be. That means to say, when you take thought within yourself from someone else, maybe it's an unkind thought from someone else directed at you, maybe it's not actually anything to do with you, but that you take in the thought and you take in the consciousness of the event situation that happened, maybe it's nothing to do with your horizon, but you took it in anyway, purely and simply because you became empathic to it, Maybe it's to do with brutality to animals, brutality to one another. What you are seeing is that thought is a living thing. Therefore, when you action onto that thought, when you attract to it, it affects you because it's living within you. Be careful of how you think and what you think of. Just, um interject they have a question if you constantly think um, negative things or feel and sort of harbor negative thoughts do those um, thoughts that are obviously real and tangible do they also attract other negative situations your way as well they can attract the negative thoughts i'm not going to say carte blanche my dear fendian that they would always attract negative situations to you that's a bit like being a magnet to negativity that's not to say that it won't happen i'm um in, in a sense it's like you can believe the unbelievable if you are creating a pattern which is very negative perhaps by your physical actions Maybe because of the environment in which you live, which means to say that you are simply reacting to a host of governing problems over your life. That means that you're being not a free will person, but that you're actually uh, part of the effluent of that life. It's like you're carried along it like some sort of piece of flotsam on it. And that means to say then that in actual fact, the negativity that you will react with and create with, a bit like drinking, uh, taking large amounts of alcohol or drugs or whatever that you are accustomed to, can then lead to psychotic events. And these different event situations driven then further and deeper uh, violent or more negative thoughts about oneself. It doesn't always have to be like this. It might be, my dear friend, that you would have perhaps a person who actually, for example, doesn't actually have one negative thought in their entire being and yet is belayed by beings from our side of life who are intensively negative. So it's not something that that person would necessarily have courted. You see, it can be in actual fact that it's something that's spurious that just comes to that person because they see a weakness in that person. This particular person I am referring to actually was a, and still is a physical life and actually had interacted with this because she was blind and deaf too. So it and but was to all intents and purposes a perfectly good Christian, uh, a person who had also studied great and long in the the methodology and the understanding of Buddha. So she was a very spiritually devout person, but actually became entombed in 
this whole situation of intensive negativity to her, even though she had never ever attracted a wicked deed in her life. So it's not to say never, in matters of the physical life and the spirit world, anything in a sense can be possible. So it means to say that you really have to be guarded over the thoughts that you create. And it is true, I suppose, that as a rule of thumb, if you think of yourself in great negativity, what's actually going to happen to you is that chemically you're going to begin to react to the negativity you create. So that in itself creates the negative imbalance in your own uh, structure. So it means to say you are more than susceptible to negative balance which means that hostility can actually invoke into you um, for different reasons, because you are then more laden to be susceptible to them than perhaps having deeply loving and affectionate gifts. And that doesn't mean to say that someone who is uh, negative or hostile cannot be deeply loving too. I um, certainly would never put um, one at odds with the other. I'm just simply saying that this is about chemical balance. And when you're having a physical life, you are a chemical structure. So it means to say that you have to understand your own pH value. You have to understand the telltale signs of what happens when you think certain things. Also, another question I've got on that as well is that as a human being, what, what is the best way we can live on, on this planet, what can we do? I mean, is it, obviously we come here to offer something, right? Um, we can't all be, um, you know, leaders or Gandhi or the people that are, you know, that are really big and influential. Um, and I'm, in one of the other shows you mentioned that, you know, it, one person can, ju can just do something creative. They've got a gift that's very loving, very creative. They can just offer that. Um, and it's kind of the creative potential in, in somebody can really make a difference in the world. Yes. And you might even have someone who lives their entire life, or perhaps three quarters of it, as a complete couch potato. And, don't, doesn't, and that person doesn't do anything at all with their physical life. They just sit there watching it go by and don't actually contribute anything particularly protagonistic or particularly uh, uh, one way or another as being having or creating an influence upon a society. Because largely because they feel disenfranchised by it or don't actually feel as a part of it, any stream of what is happening. So it's like, in a sense, all they're doing is watching a film and not taking part. And yet, for even for that person, because you never say never, even for that person, it may suddenly dawn on them that actually there is something else they want to be interested in and maybe sit down and begin doing something. And then that in itself becomes a celebre, a, a, a an expression of worth and vitality and uh, it's the way in which, in fact, dreams become fulfilled. That's not to say that all life, in a sense, uh, is begat a purpose. It's uh, quite strange, really. I feel that many people who are, in a sense, in their given vocation actually think that 
everyone else should be too. And that if you're not, then there's something wrong with you or something inherently negative or that, uh, oh, what a shame, you're obviously not of the right vibration or some other such rubbish. The point is that each person has to show the love within themselves and toward each other. So it means to say that even if you are a person who begets that you feel that your energy is uh, absolutely vibrant and wonderful and beautiful and so therefore you must be an ascended person, surely, doesn't necessarily mean to say that you are. Because in actual fact, what tends to happen is that human beings in the physical side of life, because they don't understand the language or the, the actual scientific intent of the laws of proximity, it means that when you as a physical being are living a physical life, you think that you've got to be over there, that it's not here. That for some reason that you have to create some other kind of pathway that succumbs not one bit to negativity, but that in a sense transcends and rises above all other beings. But that's like saying that your egotism is not fulfilled yet until you are king of your pile. But in actual fact, I'm saying that that in a sense is like denying God's passage in you. That is like saying to the world, look how beautiful I am, not how beautiful my spirit. That is my God nature. Because in truth, my dear friend, every single blessed one of you, every single being, the beggar, the thief, the murderer, the person who loves beyond themselves and lo loves every single being, the person who shelters all animals and all beings in grief are one of the same. Actually, all of your energy is absolutely beautiful. It is only your physical meaning. It is only your physical intent which belies the truth of your beauty. Well, thank you, Gregory. I've got a few more questions to go through. Um, yes. Second question is also from another healer, so there seems to be a theme this week. Um, yes. uh, the person's been a healer for many years. Uh, they love their work, love healing guides. Sorry, love my healing guides. I would appreciate understanding how to improve my ability to converse with my guides so as to improve my intuitive sensitivity and improve my ability to be a vessel for healing. Could Gregory please suggest a way to break down a little barrier between an instrument such as myself and my spirit guides? Yes, the best way to do this, my dear friend, is to uh, sit, do homework. And that means to say that you sit in your own space, in your own silence. And what you do is you sit for a very short space of time. We're going to say that this space of time would be perhaps no more than about 20 minutes. And that what you would do, uh, as well as saying your invocation or prayer before you enter into this contract, before you enter into this respectful state of consciousness, that you would cite only one reason as to why you sit. For this, then we are going to say it is for you to sit for perhaps 
either those who walk with you as the instruments of healing, or that you're only going to cite one aspect of it. So, if you know who the people are that walk with you, cite one name only. If you don't know any of those people by name, but you understand them by energy, then you are going to cite the condition of why it is you wish to sit. So, we're going to say then this is an interaction of your healing as an instrument. That's what you cite, nothing else. Then you let go. Let go of whatever it is, other paraphernalia that's in your mind. You don't use candles, you don't use music, you don't use any kind of co coercive uh, uh, mechanism that, in a sense, sends you on a little journey through a wood or through a this way, that way, down to the bottom of the ocean or wherever it may be. You don't use any of that. All it is, is you and the universe. And you simply sit and give respect to that moment. Don't be surprised if you get absolutely nothing at all. Because that will just be to your own state of mind that you got nothing. And that's because you were expecting. So what you have to do is let go. The biggest question that you have is, not why you are not receiving or why you feel that you should do this. It's in actual fact, the very fact of your questioning it means to say that this is what you need to do. So you just sit and you let go and you don't bother with your consciousness or your upper house or your uh, chakra points or any of it. You just simply sit and let go and let your spirit team connect with you on their level, not on yours. And that will enable real connectivity to become established. It will be furtive, it will be very slight to begin with, but consistency is the name of the game. Do you need to sit at specific times to do this, perhaps in a regular spot in the house or a regular time? No, no, you don't need to do that either. You can sit when it is that you feel it, it's appropriate. Uh, this is not a time-driven thing. You don't have to honour it like um, going to wash your hands or brush your teeth at a certain time of day. It is purely and simply that naturally what you would have to understand is if you do a job of work or you've had a very busy day, it's obviously going to be that you've got a mind full of stuff. Stuff is very important to you because you're living physical life. And yet it's flotsam. It's stuff that gets, in fact, in the way of mind. So what you want to do is clear mind. You need to take a shower or something like that, and bring about the effect of water. Think of it as a mind game, if you wish, and as though the water is washing your thoughts away. There it goes down the little hole in the bottom of between your feet. And it's as simple as that. Then you've made your preparation. You have been respectful in your preparation. 
And that is all that spirit need. And at the end of the session of your sitting, you would say your thank yous and your blessings to the spirit world, to all those who walk with you, even if you haven't received a thing as far as you're concerned. May well be that what they have to do is adjust the mechanical devices that mean that they can get through to you because they are spirit trying to get through to a physical body. So in order to prove what you do, that is the way forward. So by asking to connect with your spirit guides, um, saying that you want to connect with your healing guides, is that enough to ensure that you do connect with your healing guides and not any other entity that's trying to be mischievous? Yes, well, that's part of the reason why it is that in your invocation or prayer, you would begin it with, to my highest guides and helpers second to none. Bless me, keep me safe at this time that I sit. And therefore, uh, then it will continue. And then you would cite the actual reason and the, the display, as I say, of only one thing. So you're not going to say that you want to connect with all of your spirit guides who are to deal with your healing situation. You're going to instead connect with the healing condition. So that would mean to say that whoever comes forward is not necessarily highest in the pecking order. Because in actual fact, there may be different beings who connect with you in the spirit world, even perhaps beyond your knowing. You don't, you, people, human beings shouldn't be too nosy about what it is that's going on in their name. They can be, of course, but it actually means that it's more difficult for the whole matter to become very fluid. So people, human beings tend to, in physical life, place too many objects in the way of their development. That's why it is that in order to develop properly, you don't need any of the paraphernalia of doing this or doing that, or that's all like ritualistic practice. All right, brilliant answer. Thank you. I mean, that's going to help quite a lot of people that want to connect um, with their guys because sometimes it can be so complicated. You know, people sitting in circles and doing lots yeah. of visualizations. And I know um, not everybody can visualize, so it can be off-putting. Um, so but you a, don't have to do that. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's really a, a matter of another millstone around one's neck. What if you cannot visualize? What if actually what you're visualizing is purely conjecture and the, what you're doing is simply conjuring up using the aberrations of the mind? Indeed. No, indeed. Okay. Well, thank you, Gregory. I'm sure they will thank you dearly for that answer. Next question um, is more about the economy. They just want yes. to know um, what fate lies for Europe's economy now that we are seemingly, I guess, coming out of the deepest recession for many decades. Yes, well, my dear friend, uh, it's not necessarily that it's all as roses as it is to be at this present time. I'm not one, however, to throw many buckets of gloom in the face of uh, so many sad people. So I understand, dear friend, that the whole energy situation is that you have to do, each and every one of you, your very best to make things work for you and for the people around you. So that means to say your concentration should not be on what other countries are doing or what's happening even in elsewhere upon 
in your own country. It's really to do with how you focus your events, how you focus the dealing with people just such as um, how you communicate with another person, how you bring about a, a different kind of empathy. Is that going to be one of great positivity and one of intensive learning? Or is it going to be that you are feeling somewhat shallow and maybe believed by the negative energy that you feel around you? I understand that there are many people who are like that, but I, I, I have to say, Finn, what happens in your country is not going to be at the behest of anyone else. You have to be the driving force. Otherwise, you succumb to other people's negativity, other people's feelings toward whatever it is that you're doing. It may be that voyeuristically what they're doing is that they're trying to bring you down in any event by sending you negative situations, uh, people doing negative things to you and that sort of thing. So what you have to do, even in those events, is that by succumbing to them, you let them win. What you have to do is turn it on its head. You have to say, I am not allowing this energy to rule my life. And what you have to do is step beyond it. Because to succumb to it means that you're taken over by that negative energy and therefore you simply feel depleted. So you're not going to run off the planet and go and, and be, be saved by some alien race or whatever. You're going to sit and you're going to work at it. Because that is how you will be delivered. That is how you will help other people focus intently of their integrity to life. And understand, my dear friends, that if you see the worst and the most foulest of deeds, you can make amends. You can maybe pray for that person who created that pathway. You can do more than that. You can send that person healing. You can send the people who were injured by that by that dreadful act or whatever. So you can do all of these things and so much more. You do not have to succumb to the situation of what happens organically on your side of life. As foul as it is, my dear friends, there will always be someone else in history who will bring about something worse. So what you've got to do is to actually understand you can create a divergence. You can create a difference in your life that will be matter of fact, that will be open and honest, and that you can help to direct the energy away from someone who actually glories, possibly, in great intensive negativity to themselves because that's all they've got. That's a way of attracting great energy and wealth to themselves. It's like a person who uh, perhaps uh, maybe uh, makes a great deal of money out of killing animals very slowly and films the act indeed. And that, in a sense, is the lowest place at which human beings travel to themselves and can be a way of maneuvering human mind either for them or against them. What you have to do is step beyond all of that. All of the infuriating situations where you see human beings going out and, and uh, maiming or killing other animals just for their pure joy of it. 
You can step beyond this. Leave them to it. If that's what they feel that uh, enables them to support their own life and make them feel well in their life, then they are very sorry characters for doing that. And what you have to do as a physical being, as a conscious living spirit, having a physical experience, is you've got to go beyond that. And you have to try to take them beyond that. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's some great examples, actually, um, of people sort of rising up above yes. negative situations. Um, I've been made aware of three different things in the last uh, month or so. And it's kind of making me feel now that although there is a lot of negativity or seeming things, there is seemingly negativity in the, in the economic situation, but there's people doing some really ingenious things like... Um, there's a, a guy who's written a book, How to Live Without Money for a Year. And um, he's literally just tried this. And he, and he pulled it off. You know, he was able to uh, forage for food by going to the supermarkets and using the food that they would normally get rid of because yes. they would go past its sell-by date, um, living off the land, building his own compost toilets. and But really just turning a negative into a positive and working out how you could live in a system without money, yes, i.e., going absolutely. back to sort of bartering, um, using yeah, using websites where you can do recycle yes, things and give things away for nothing. Yes, or have you got? Do, do you know what I mean? Um, there's there's a guy who did a video where he was kind of overreacted, I guess you could say, um, to seeing a, dub, a double rainbow, and it went across YouTube like wildfire. And I, I guess the majority of people were looking at it at it in a kind of jesting type way like I'm taking the mickey out of it but within two weeks I think it'd been viewed by over five million people of this guy viewing this rainbow but actually when you research the guy behind it he is someone who else has taken himself out of society and gone and lived in uh, the hills or somewhere in the middle of nowhere yes. and he's living off the land and he was just enjoying nature at his very very best and taking yeah. you know, appreciation for it exactly that's my point so try not to succumb to the negativity veil that others want to cloak you in because the point of all of that is that they want to actually take your energy. They want to use your energy for themselves because they may well be addicted to that kind of negative inference. What you have to do is rise above it. No one's going to come and save you from this. You have to save yourself. So that means you have to be the one who dictates to companies who perhaps share your little island upon which you live and who are polluting it uh, regardless of you. You are the people who have to actually take this challenge to yourselves and say, well, Am I really going to allow my children to wallow in this mess? Or am I actually going to get about and clean it up? And force these uh, other peoples who actually don't have the right constituent to be in the job of work in which they have been directed to take. So what you have to do is begin empowering yourselves. And I really sincerely mean this. Yeah. It's, it's really about people power, isn't it, really? And I think, I feel there can't be a complete collapse of civilization that a lot of doom and gloomers are trying to paint because there's too many good people that kind of step in with creative yeah. ideas. Um, as soon as something's revealed to be wrong, there's people who will, will step in and try and change it, improve it. 
Um, yes, absolutely. Even if, even if the, the whole situation is, for example, begun by a person with a great deal of money, a great deal of wealth. Well, isn't that just wonderful then that they've actually had the foresight to do something good and admirable with the wealth that they have? They've created something which is a pathway to change. So that means you have to applaud it. You don't denigrate it and say, well, because that person's had so much money, then you begrudge that whole situation because you feel that they have taken advantage of others or what they must have done because otherwise they couldn't have earned that amount of money. You see, the point is that if a person who sees, uh, seizes on an idea and makes it work for them to enlarge their lives, and to then enable them to do other things for humanity, isn't that a person who is worth more than their salt? Indeed. So in a way, it's kind of taking a negative situation and turning it into a positive, isn't it? Using, Absolutely. Yeah. You have to do that. You cannot allow it to infest you. Okay. All right. Yes. So just just sort of moving on to another question now, and I, yes, we yes, we yes. have we've kind of answered this in a, in a previous show, but I think it's probably worth going over it again because it's kind of from a in a different light. Um, okay. The question is this: Although I realise events are fluid and mass consciousness plays a role, what is the likelihood of a planetary axis shift? And if there would be a dramatic shift, is there a chance we would enter a parallel Earth reality while this is happening? Any insight would be helpful. A parallel Earth reality, I am unsure as to what that is or what the person actually means by that. If you are talking about that you don't want to be in this reality so would rather be in a different one, I see no point in doing that. I see no point in doing that because you are in the reality you are in. You need to make the reality you are in better so that the reality becomes something which is then uh, passable by all. If you want to understand that you can only change things by shifting consciousness en masse, then you're going to be here for hundreds of thousands of years. In fact, long after the planet has exhausted itself, trying to wish and create the same situation. What you have to do, my dear friend, with respect, is to start at the beginning, because it's the best place to start. That means changing you. That means changing the person next to you or helping them to change, not as in your voice, but in their own voice, so that they too get the picture, not your picture, but their picture. That means to say that what you need to do from then on is to progress, to progress the thought so that people do not have your picture, but they have their own and they then understand where you are coming from, that you're not doing this from a selfish point of view. I want everyone to think like this, because that would be so dull and boring. And then human being would just be like a whole swarm of locusts, a bit like they are really. So what you have to do is understand the individuality of self as a part of that which is God. And in this respect means to say that every single divine energy that is pure, beautiful spirit, a part of God, needs to have a progress, a form of life forward. That does not mean to say that everything is written or everything that is just fixed, because you are all 
having a free will existence. Doesn't mean to say your freedom is any less or more free than someone else's, apart from the fact that there will be other energies at work, other peoples trying to stop you, trying to hold you back, trying to infect you with their own infection of negativity, of distrust, or uh, of uh, violence, or whatever that is. So what you have to do is, in order to make a shift, you have to shift yourself. And then perhaps you empower other people to shift themselves. Not in, a, as I say, a, a a, a um, caricature of your own consciousness or a, um, what was it, Dolly the Sheep, um, or a genetic experiment of where you are um, actually initiating a clone of yourself. What you are needing to do is actually empower other people to thinking along the freeway so that it's like it becomes a spiritual highway. And in that respect, you will not see any axis shift. You will not see any realignment of the earth. You may feel more that you are empathic or empowered with the beings who share your life with you. Maybe sons, daughters, family, maybe not. Not a lot of people get on with all of the people from their family, largely because of you're all from different soul groups anyway. And that's part of the reason of uh, why it is that many beings in humanity uh, actually fail in that regard. And when you look at how your skin reflects the origins of your intent, do not let that allow that labor of spurious intent to then infect you and make you feel lesser or make you feel above someone else. You are all the same, regardless of your skin color, regardless of your attitude or which indigenous part of the planet you are from. I just want to ask a question here as well, because I think I know why the person may be asking this question. Um, yes. Because I've, I've come across similar teachings uh, myself on the internet um, by different uh, teachers really I guess and uh, it, it can become confusing really yes. um, and I think there is a philosophy where they say that there's kind of two timelines or two parallel realities that are going to come up at 2012 where there's going to be massive earth changes and all of the negative people kind of service to self are going to be on that earth well, that's going to happen, and all the good people are going to end up in, on the parallel Earth where there's no Earth changes. And this, this is kind of a philosophy that's being bounded around on the internet. And a lot of, I think one of the things the, the question is asking as well, there's a, I think there's a place in one of the Northern European countries, I can't remember which, which one, where there's a vault there, and they've put all the seeds there, almost. Yes, for, I understand. Yeah. So, so I think that's where the, the question's coming from, uh, based on that, really. Yes. Uh, let's. So this is a, a whole mass of different questions. Yes, really. sorry, yeah. The, the situation of the vault and or where all of the seeds, the, the dispensation of uh, seeds of the entire planet, uh, the reason for that is so that everything will be kept, so that nothing will become extinct regardless of human beings' inhabitation of the world. So that means to say that 
regardless of whatever disaster happens, it means that there will be elements of one plant or another which will then be able to be regenerated and regrown and then hopefully planted back in its place of origin once all of the naughty human beings have left or once the actual planet and its equilibrium has been put back into balance. This is like, in a sense, uh, the genetic earring, uh, engineering of the superworld. And so human beings, in a sense, uh, bring this upon themselves so as to enable that regardless of what happens, then it means that whatever humanity does and their failings that they create, whatever blindness that is created for that power means that they can just simply go on and do it because it doesn't matter because all of the seeds are kept behind. Not the animals, but all of the seeds are kept behind. So that means to say that, so that means that all of the vegetation will be all right, but not the animals that live in them, in those environments. I understand, my dear friend, the whole situation about the two-party cycle, whereas many people think that they will actually be able to be all right because they're on the other side of the wall that they are building themselves. This is a wall of the mind. And it means to say these people are preferring to build a wall rather than doing something that's actually productive. And rather than doing something that's actually a part of the planet, they'd rather, like Israel, build their own little part of their planet and keep everyone else out. I feel that this is blindness. And I feel that this is simply creating a negative, deeply negative entrenchment of one particular pathway, one attitude of mind, and not seeing that in actual fact you have to work with the entire population, regardless of what they think, and regardless of the imagery of religion they follow. That is a matter for them and for each individual's own reality. That something they embrace themselves is within their heart. And it's not for me to say that one person or another in their religious understanding or study is wrong. But I'm saying if it sets you apart from everyone else, if it makes you feel that everyone else is inferior to you, then there is simply something wrong. Because you are not. You are all the same. No one is inferior and no one is superior. If you want to think and denote that all of this comes about because of the great 2012 and what it will unleash to the chosen few, you are simply very misguided. Okay. All right. Well, thank you uh, for that last question. I'm just trying to think of... Oh, yeah. Um, really just... Um one last update really um yes just really just quickly on the the gulf of mexico thing they've, they've now yeah. put a cap on the on the on the the riser or the, the blowout preventer um, and they've been monitoring it i think one of the, the things that the u.s government have been fearful is that there might be a leak 
in in the well so they're just continually monitoring it and they're calling it a continued testing phase really so i just wondered um if 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 you've come across any risk in that being capped or whether we're kind of safe now until they can actually plug the well deep down i would not say it's overruled my dear friend and i'm not being negative please do forgive me but i i am just merely stating it as fact the situation is that you see it, it's like if you imagine that you you take a plug out of something with intense pressure behind it that's a, a you are talking about a pressure of over 8000 pounds per square inch so that means to say that when you are dealing with such a situation you actually have to understand the mechanics behind behind it it's not that it's being filled with water as you take it out but what's happening is that there are pressures of the earth that are exerted upon the aquifer that is uh, the oil reservoir yes and so it means to say that what's happening when you release that pressure at the beginning when the well was first struck that the apparatus put in place was not of a type and form that should have been used in such a deep structure because after all friend ian you are looking at as well the whole containment not just of the oil pressurized from be- from below the earth but also the sea upon it which is at so many thousand pounds per square inch so it would alternately squash it flat given half the chance so that means to say that in a sense when the cap is placed upon the well the problem becomes is it then going to exert a pressure remembering friend that it's 8000 pounds per square inch that this then can mean that other fissures that perhaps were present but were not integral didn't count to the story because it was all integral on the seabed anyway if you understand me so that if you look at the seabed and the structure of the geology you will see that there's fissures through rock throughout almost anything unless you have a mantle of uh, um something like pure granite but otherwise you are going to have fissures everywhere regardless because of the various bodies and pressures of of water or whatever mineral what has happened unfortunately with this whole situation and the sorry state of it is that because the well was struck in the first place and then the pressure began being released what that actually does is it builds up more pressure behind it so that the well actually gets stronger so that means to say that the the astral instruments that they have at this present time may not necessarily be strong enough to withstand the pressure from the reservoir of oil itself and that is why it may become that around the site of the of the well that's currently struck that you may have fissures open up which are actually indirect of the well but actually opening up simply because of the uh, the actual um, pressures and the uh, different state of it 
of pressures, upward pressures from the uh, reservoir of oil itself, meaning that it's then putting a different kind of pressure on the strata of the geology of rock that is in between the sea, the ocean, and the oil reservoir itself. I hope you understand that. So it doesn't mean to say that it's all out of the woods now and that all they have to simply do is finish the two, uh, the other two wells that are being drilled at this present time to coincide with this third one, uh, which was at fault, uh, in order to fill it full of concrete. The point is that I hope that that is the case for this outcome purely and simply because of the environment at risk from it. But after this has done, and this has gone away, does it mean to say that the environment's actually really going to be cleaned up by these people, by these uh, uh, beings who are so, uh, it, it's like having a, uh, a petulant child, where you have these companies who actually just think that they can just do whatever they want to do with the environment. And they'll still continue to do that unless it is that people actually change their ways as to how this orientation is then created and moved forward. Otherwise, human beings are simply not going to have the capacity to sustain such events purely and simply out of default because they will not have the experience nor the understanding or the depth of temperament to really deal with environments harmonically. I think, you know, if we could get all of the um, shelved uh, free energy devices that people have created or, yes. um, you know, then we wouldn't need to have the dependency as a fuel, as an energy yes. source. We could just use oil perhaps for plastics if we obviously need yes. those things. Oh, absolutely so. And absolutely so. I'm not saying that oil should not be used but that it is a finite source and obviously one that's very volatile. So it needs to be used with great care, not with this gay abandonment. And you're quite right, Ian Fenn, sir, that it means to say that how you then deal with the environment has to be something which is enriched by something which is a, a, a more palliative care. So that means that you have to use wind turbine, you have to wind use waveform technology. You have to update that technology so that it's something that can actually accommodate all living beings. I mean, that's what we really want, isn't it? I mean, we could go really deep into this, but, you know, there does seem to be a lot of conspiracy or people out there saying it is the actual oil companies that are suppressing these technologies. Um, but it is. They've been doing that for the last 40 years. Yeah. Yes. Indeed, no, indeed. Okay, well, thank you very much for answering those questions. Um, I hope that um, it's helped people and, um, you know, given food for thought and maybe allowed them to kind of research in different areas and sort of open up um, maybe a, a greater awareness of how they see things. I, and, I do so. Yes, and indeed, if people want to come back and answer more questions, please do. And, um, and I thank you again, Gregory and the White Cloud Group, for, for coming on. Thank you very, very much for allowing us this time to be with you, friend Ian. I thank you so. God bless upon your journey, everyone. Thank you so. Love and light. If you would like to book your own personal reading with Gregory to find out about your own soul journey, then please visit the graphic banner underneath the show or visit www.spirit-teaching.com.
www.thepodcastnetwork.com.